Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, season five, episode nine. I'm Jason, that's Neil. I'm Neil. That's Neil. What's up? Oh, wow. Not much. Uh, it's hot today. It is crazy hot today, but not as hot as the people on the West Coast. Yeah, it's getting pretty pretty dicey out there. If you're on the West Coast, leave a comment. Maybe don't leave it like the day this video goes live. Maybe leave it like tomorrow when you've had a couple days of it. The government is concerned about people dying, basically. Like, yeah. There's like heat warnings out there for people to be careful. And they've already had droughts and now they're getting worse, apparently. Yep. It's hot. Okay. Like we live in the East Coast. If you guys don't know, we live in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And it is, and it's overcast here. Yep. It's humid. It's, it's uh, I would say, 100% humidity. Yeah. Like it is so humid today. They were calling for 38 degrees Celsius, which is... Feels like 38 or... Feels like 38. Feels like 30. Yeah. Probably regular temperature, like 25 it's or like 24. It's like 20-something, yeah. Feels like almost 40. So, it, it's warm. It's uncomfortably warm. I, I don't like that. I don't like humidity. Humidity warm. sucks. It is the worst kind of heat, in my yep. opinion. You can't even breathe. Yeah. So. Tomorrow, they're calling for 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that... What is that? Like high 90s? Mid 90s, uh, 40, to, yeah, something like the high 90s, I yeah. think, something like that. What's the hottest temperature you've ever experienced? I don't know. My memory's so bad, I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's true. <laughs> Mine was in Death Valley for sure. Yeah, it was like 113. Or was that just on your trip when you went like down? That, yeah, I don't think I've been in 113, but it was not like zero percent humidity. Oh, straight heat. Mine it was okay. Like it was not that bad. There were some pretty bad days in Florida. I remember that the humidity was just like yeah. Plan on going out that day and nope, stayed in the little villa and chilled in the pool. It was a pool day. Yeah, it's like 47 with humidity. That's ridiculous. Like, no, I can't even go outside. Like I think like, our friend Fro from Texas, shout out Fro. I think he, like he's used to high temperatures too because he's from Texas, but I think Texas has no humidity or less humidity. Less humidity. He couldn't, sure. he couldn't get over the humidity in Florida. He's like, this is ridiculous. And yeah. It's like, it's like when we're in Florida, it's like, well, this is kind of like what we experience up here in the summer. Maybe not quite as hot, but it's pretty humid up here too. I got to tell you a story All right. about Fro. So I messaged Fro last night Ooh. and I said, Fro, could you do me a favor and add a, add a movie to your thing <laughs> yep. so I can watch it? Yep. And he's like, sure. Take about five minutes. I'm like, whoa. Message me less than five minutes later. There you go. It was up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever watch Midsummer? Or no. Mid- Midsummer. With an O? A, yes. I've heard of it. You, so you know what it's about? Yes. It is very intense. Yeah. I highly recommend if you if you like movies, just f- if you're a movie buff in the sense where you like cinematography Ooh. and uh, like a really well-made, different feeling movie mm-hmm. where there's odd transitions between scenes. There's not typical dialogue. Um, it's filmed in Sweden or may- I don't know if it's filmed in Sweden, but it's based the, the story leads you into Sweden. Mm-hmm. And usually when you are watching a movie with a different language, you get subtitles. Yeah. Most of the conversation that happens in Sweden, you don't actually know what they're saying. Oh, really? Intentionally. That's part of the story because it's about uh, some Americans going to Sweden. So if you are Swedish speaking, does it take away from the story a little bit? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Because even as a non-Swedish speaking person, you can kind of like create, you can kind of know yeah. where it's going. It's basically a cult. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's. If you like movies in general, like it's if, even if you don't like the style of movie, it's kind of a horror, kind of weird, like thriller. Even if you don't like those style movies, if, you, if you're just a movie buff and you just enjoy how movies are made and the progress mm-hmm. of movies and stuff, I think you're really going to like this one. So I highly recommend you watch. I think you're going to think you're going to like it. That's something we're pretty big into. Yes. Like I'll I used to buy Blu-rays, watch the movie once and watch the special features like a million times. Yeah, we're all about the special features. So. Like, I'm all about how it's made. I'm all about, yeah, like everything. Like, the tech, mm. the camera angles, everything. All right, so if we hear a water dripping sound this time. Oh, yeah. So, what, five days ago, we did the last episode. Monday. We ended the episode, and there was water dripping. I don't know if you could hear it in the episode or not. You might have been able to. I actually didn't really listen to it that hard for it. But anyway, Neil's like, I think there's water dripping on your floor upstairs. I'm like, well, that wouldn't be good because I already had a flood there earlier today. And... So we have like these pot lights in our ceiling and there was literally water dripping down them. It's like, it's never a good thing. So what happened was we gave the little guy a bath and I took the liner out of the shower so that it wasn't in the bath with him. And then when my wife went to have a shower later, she did not put said liner back into the tub. (laughs) So all the water off of the liner went right onto the floor, which under the thing and into the light. So we thought we had a problem. Then we figured out that's what happened. No big deal. Yeah. Q five hours later, we do this podcast. All of a sudden, she washes her hands, and there's a bunch more water. So we thought we had a major problem. I could I could hear it. 
Oh, it was just like in drip, the last drip, ten minutes. Yeah, like, that sounds. I'm thinking, man, that sounds like water dripping. And we went up there, and sure enough, the floor is covered in water again. Because sometimes you hear like creaks and stuff, and when I, yeah. but it was consistent. It was like, don't see. That's what I, I didn't dunk. really pick up on until like the very end, and I just thought, oh, this house just creaking. Yeah. No. Nope. So anyway, if you hear that, <laughs> we're in, sucks you, to be me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. I have a, we, we had a guy come in. He looked at it. He said, I think it's still related to the flood you did earlier, because based on he like. The little pot lights. It's nice that I have those pot lights because they come right out and mm. you can actually stick a light up there and look around. Mm. He said, based on how the angles of, I don't know, construction, but he said, if water comes down, you would have had some water come right down onto this right away. And the rest of it would have gone down this beam and back down this other beam. and would have taken a while for it to get there. Oh, okay. So we think that's the problem, but we don't know. <laughs> but anyway, he didn't charge us. So showed it to that guy. Epic. Have a free in-home That's look. amazing. Yep. So anyway, mm. we should probably get going with this. Yeah, I have don't really have any other news. I I roasted a wiener over a fire yesterday. Congratulations! I'm yeah. proud of you. It was a turkey wiener, butterball. Ooh, very good. Actually, I've never had a butterball wiener. Yesterday was the first day for me. Did you know butterball turkeys are no longer butter basted? I didn't know they were to begin with. I the, I guess I the assumed the name, but the president's choice ones still are. So if you want the juiciest turkey you can have, you got to buy a PC. So you're telling me the butterball is no longer the elite brand? Butterball is still very good, but they do not inject the butter into the turkeys anymore. Since when? I don't know. And I don't know if this is common knowledge. You know what? I probably shouldn't have said anything. These are facts I need to know. No. Because Butterball plays a significant role in my family's... Forget I said that. <laughs> I was under an NDA agreement to not admit that. Oh, so I'm snap. hoping that... Who knows? I'm hoping that this is readily information available on the <laughs> internet. I hope you guys can Google it and find it. And I hope I'm not breaking news here because I'll, <laughs> I'll be in big time trouble. Uh-oh. But anyway, Butterball's still very good. Like You're not going to buy a Butterball and be like, man, this turkey doesn't taste as good as it normally did. I don't know how you know that. For the record, Jason is not in the turkey industry. No, I'm definitely <laughs> not in the turkey industry. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. I roasted a wiener over a fire. It was great. And that was that was it. That was really the excitement of my weekend. It That's was epic. Good. I can't say I did anything better than that, so you won up me by roasting that wiener on a fire. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we're... We're done almost. We, We're into the final. There should be at least two more podcasts. Do you know what's funny? We joked that there could have been a Boston-Montreal final. And we were laughing at the Montreal end of that joke. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> it very well could have been uh, Boston-Montreal. Absolutely could have been Boston-Montreal. Wow. You think about it, it's just like, wow. I would have liked could, that. Could have Boston beat English? Could <laughs> they have beat the Islanders? Yeah. yeah. Toss up. I don't think it was. Now, could they have beat Tampa? I don't know. They've done it before. They failed last time. I don't know. It would have been an interesting series for sure. But the possibility was there. It would have been one of the most epic and watched Stanley Cup finals in the NHL history, I bet. This final is between two teams in the same division. Technically. Technically, technically It's yes. two Atlantic team divisions, two Eastern Conference-based teams. That is true. This would never be possible okay. before and never again. I want to say something right off the bat. I'll let you. And I, you may disagree with me. I may be in the minority on this one for once in my life. Okay. There's a lot of people online saying this is an asterisk cup if Montreal wins. Well, the, I completely disagree with that. I disagree. They beat Toronto. Now, say what you will about Toronto. Mm. Toronto had a good team. Now, they, whatever, in the playoffs. It's Toronto. So, I'll give you that. But they still had an elite team on paper. They beat Winnipeg. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They beat Vegas. That's You can't say that there's three anomalies in a row. Exactly. Like That's And it's not just they beat them. Like, look at the stats and, like, look at the win. Like, look how many yeah. times they've lost. What, they've lost twice since they played that last game in Toronto, or the, loss, the last loss in Toronto since then. Yes. They've lost twice. And that's kind of why I'm happy that they're playing the Lightning, who is who are the best team in the league. They won the Stanley Cup last year. So if Montreal wins... They're beating literally the best team to win the like, cup. So I will give the people the, the statement that they shouldn't be there. Like absolutely, on a normal year, they wouldn't have made it this year. But mm-hmm. that doesn't take away from the fact of what they're doing right now. Like they have flipped a switch. They're not playing the same way they did in the regular season. It's the same as last year. Totally, they didn't get it done versus Philadelphia, but they got it done versus Pittsburgh. I want to give a shout out to Jeff O'Neill, TSN Overdrive. Oh, Doug, he said. Now I'm going to try to say this correctly. He said that Montreal is not a better team than the teams they're playing, but they are playing within 10% of the best hockey every single one of those players can play. I agree so with that. So in terms of how good, like, say this was a computer simulation, yes. and these guys are all rated in the 80s and 70s on NHL 20-whatever. Mm-hmm. Some teams, guys are running at 70%, 80%, like in terms of how good they can play in their life. Like this is 
in terms of how well this guy played, he played 70% of the best that he's capable of. Mm -hmm. These guys are playing 90% to the ceiling of how good they're capable of. Yep, I agree with that. So in terms of Montreal can't take it up much more, like they're already close to their ceiling of how good they can be. Other teams, maybe they have that, but because Montreal is playing so good, they're preventing teams from climbing to their ceiling. Mm. And I don't think you can take that away from them. Like, I'm not a Montreal fan. I'm a Bruins fan. Like, that tells you right there. Like, I would like to see Carey Price get a cup. Like, that's why I'm going for them. Right. He deserves to get one. I agree. So that's why I'm on there. And plus, Tampa's the one last year. I don't like repeat winners. That's another reason why I'm against Tampa. But he's right, though. I mean, do you think do you think Tampa Bay can play better than they're currently playing? If you said, oh, yeah. Like, if you said I do too. you're going to have this team running at 100% and this team at 100%, Montreal doesn't stand a chance. No. But... The other teams aren't running at the percentage that Montreal is running. Like they are a hundred percent in mm. all of them. That's why I felt about Vegas their first year when they went to the, the cup finals. Yeah. Every series until the last series, I felt like Vegas. And it made all sense players, because it started with a tragedy. Remember there was the sniper yes. or whatever. And from then the team and the city bonded and it was like magic. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what Montreal's doing right now. There's something special in Montreal. It's like severe underdogs. You don't deserve to be here. Mm. Nobody's picking them in the previews. Like, what did Carey Price say in his in his post game thing? Like, he said, you know, what what do you what does it feel like? He said it's believable. He didn't say it's unbelievable. He says believable. Yeah, he says believable. We believe we'd be here. Dominic Ducharme has said since the playoffs started that you, you guys aren't the underdogs. Like, you, you guys have never been the underdogs, and they've believed believe that the entire way through. Apparently, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, do you know who predicted Montreal to be in the finals this year before the season started? <sighs> no. Do you know Nick from Twisted Rister? I do. He predicted. Shout out to Nick from I know, Twisted. Huge, bold. Is that prediction. for real? Just like the Predators did in 2017, I think Montreal is kind of a similar team in that respect. Nick Suzuki, the depth scoring, Tyler Toffoli comes into the fold. Yoel Armia, a player that we should be talking about more. The Canadians outlast the Colorado Avalanche and move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. A lot of people are going to be pissed when, when they hear this. A lot of people are going to be happy too. I'm taking the Habs, baby. Canada is going to have a representative in the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Yeah, but then he changed his prediction when the playoffs oh. started. But still, the original prediction. So if we go back, way back on his videos, you he, will actually see. He said, yeah. Shout out. That's massive. Yeah, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Because he saw what they did last year in the playoffs. And they're like, he's like, okay, well, this team's built to play in the playoffs. So if they make it, regardless of where they fall, it's a team built to play in the playoffs. And they proved it last year. So I think they can go to the finals. That's awesome. Here we are. That's so, awesome. Yeah, you're probably one of five people that made that prediction. Yeah, yeah, it's good I stuff. Ho- I hope it puts some money down on that, or got <laughs> in a pool or something. I got to mute this before. I, uh, I'm worried, but I'm not like I'm worried in the sense that like I don't want Montreal to get swept. I don't think they're going to. I think it's probably going to go. I'm hoping it's going to go six or seven. Or you know, or who, regardless of who wins. But I'm not stressed. Like I'm, I feel very content. Are you happy with the Tampa over the Islanders? I mean, I was cheering for the Islanders, but... But you know, who would you rather play? Because I think they have a better chance against Tampa than the Islanders. I really do. Because I think you're looking at two defensive systems against each other. I think the Islanders' defensive system is better than Tampa's. The Islanders are way better defensively than Tampa. I think the Islanders are better defensively than Montreal. Montreal's more of a hybrid team. The Islanders have never played a team like Montreal. And I think Montreal, because they're kind of that hybrid team, they can play against a defensive team and they can play against. See, I, I find team. Montreal just kind of sits back and waits, like in the overtime, and it's just like they come, they come, and come, and bang, a mistake happens, gone the other way, yeah, it's in the net. They're extremely opportunistic, and I think the Islanders would have struggled against Montreal. Yeah, because they they're so used to defending against teams like Tampa, that's how they're built. But Montreal doesn't play like that. And Montreal's very good on the special teams so far this playoffs. And the Islanders are terrible. I I legitimately believe that if the Islanders went to the finals, Montreal would have won in like five games. Really? Yeah. Like oh, I, wow. I, no, I had the opposite. I, I felt really good about it. But I kind of flip-flop I, I, at the same time. And I think that Montreal does match up quite well with Tampa. Because I think like Tampa, because of the way that Montreal plays and because the Islanders, the way the Islanders play, they have to play a little bit risky. And they have to... They're always forced to the outside, so they have to be, you know, the defensemen have to pinch in, and when that happens, sometimes there's turnovers, and Montreal's very good at, at forcing turnovers, and then breakaways happen, and then two-on-ones happen, and Montreal's extremely opportunistic, like I said, so I suspect in the first two games of the series, we're going to see a lot of 
not a lot of breakaways, but we're going to definitely see some two-on-ones in Montreal's favor because Tampa is trying to play a little bit more risky and trying to get into the middle where they can generate some offense. Mm-hmm. And Montreal's going to capitalize on that. I'm not saying they're going to win any of the first two games, but I'm just saying I, th- I think that's going to happen. Okay, so before we get any further, why don't we do a, a closing thought on the two series that just ended? Okay, let's do Montreal-Vegas. Okay. Uh, so Chris Lee was removed basically from the rest of the series, yeah. which was the last two games, the game five yeah. and game six. So don't say the complaining doesn't get anything done. <laughs> he basically jumped to the other game. The refs, or the sorry, the officiating in the last two games was excellent. I thought. Yep. It was fair. I thought for the most part. I, I there was I think maybe one missed call against Montreal that I felt definitely should have been a penalty, and everything else was called. I didn't see anything that went uncalled mm-hmm. uh, on the other side. So I that was great. Uh, that made me really happy. Obviously, the NHL got the point that, you know, people are pissed about the officiating, not just Canadians fans, not just Tampa fans, not just Islanders fans. Like, and It's not it's, it's just, not that missed calls are bad. It's the blatantly obviously ones that you're looking at that you're not calling. Exactly. It's, there's a difference between missing something and not calling something. Yeah. We're not going to get into the refs again, but yes, you're right. A huge improvement for the last two games. Uh, Cole Caulfield's goal in game six. Oh, yeah. The look on, you see the look on his face after he scored that goal? The little chip to himself over the stick. Yeah, that was impressive. Like, this guy was not even playing for the first game in the playoffs. I was pissed. He was upstairs. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I just love seeing his face afterwards and just was, no emotion. Great snipe, too. Oh, Top shelf. Beautiful. Like, just boom. Because there's... Did you see the dialogue between... Uh, Leonard and Cole Caulfield? No. Hi, my question is for Cole. Uh, after the after the last game, uh, Robin Leonard uh, sort of uh, said publicly the scouting report uh, saying you would only shoot high or uh, five hole. Uh, were you surprised to hear him uh, say that like this? And was that an accurate scouting report, or is there more? Uh, is there more to you? Um, I think that's a good thing that he's thinking about what I'm going to do. So I'm um, just kind of taking that in the next game. Um, you know, it's good that he's kind of opening his mouth. Um, you know, you know what he's thinking now. So I'm going to kind of go off that and um, create new things to do and, and new things to look at. So Cole Caulfield kind of made like a bold statement. to be like, yeah, I, hope, I want you to be thinking Jeez. about where I'm going to go. And then the next day he scores a goal on him. So Jeez. pretty big balls to say that. Yep. Uh, Carey Price has, was excellent. Yeah. Uh, Corey Perry is an amazing so, beast. Another thing about Carey Price is Carey Price has been amazing. But he's not the only reason the Habs are where they are. Oh no! I want to no. stress that their team has been playing very well. You can't say that Carey Price is carrying the team. He's no. playing maybe he, better than he's ever played. Yes, he's doing his part for sure. Like you can't take that away from. But you can't just be like, oh well, if you didn't have Carey Price, you wouldn't be here. Well, he's. Ne- I don't know. He's never had a better defensive team in front of him. That's right. That's just fact. Like it's not even arguable. It's not. That's not a biased opinion. That's a very objective, factual opinion. It's just. It is what it is. I also like that. Was it Philip to know that? Did the post game presser with Caulfield too? Brought brought pizza. Another piece of pizza. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "We're not supposed to eat pizza." He's like, "Just take a bite." And he's like, <laughs> "It was awesome." And that's that's the little storylines that I think a lot of people. And they did the little fist bump the a couple games yeah, before. He's like, they hey. did. and they're like, <laughs> "Those are the storylines that people get behind." If you even if you're not a Canadians fan, maybe you cheer for the St. Louis Blues and your team's out, and you're looking for someone to cheer for, and you see something like that, you're like, "Man, I, like, I appreciate the personality." Yeah, a little bit of bro team. love, like you yeah. know, a little bit of a mentor. Yeah, on, on a exactly. new guy. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the penalty kill. Woo. So I left this in here the last time that we did a podcast. It yep. said, in the last 11 straight games, they have not allowed a power play goal. 27 for 27. So since that last podcast, which was on Monday, I believe. Tuesday. Tuesday, sorry. Um, they are now 30 for 30 on the penalty kill. That's an NHL record, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, I think you said that. It was an NHL record yes, before. Yes, it was an I NHL think. record before. It's 30 for 30 on the penalty kill. It's incredible. And their power play. Do you know what the power play is? No. 30%. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pretty decent. Being pretty decent. That's pretty great. Now, I, I'm not saying the record's going to continue. Considering that Tampa is the most penalized <laughs> team in the league. They, they have a deadly power play. So, yeah, Montreal's penalty kill is 30 for 30. But if you're facing Tampa power play. Yeah, a little bit different. Um, It's like it's like facing an all-star team. So, I so, don't think this record but, is going to go beyond. But listen to this. So... The first series, what did Matthews do? Not much. What, Not did, Mar- much. what did Marner do? Not much. True. Okay, move on to Winnipeg. Now, obviously, Shifley got himself into trouble, but what did any of their stars do? 
Nothing. True. Go to Vegas. What did Mark Stone do? What did Patrietti do? True. Nothing. We will see. But that that's the problem, though. You can shut down Stamkos and Kucherov, and you can try and shut down Point. Maybe you're successful and you get all three. Well, what about Kalorn? And what about Yanni Gord? But you and, also have to remember that like, Montreal only plays four defensemen, too. So the, <laughs> they're always going to be out there. I guess. I guess. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm worried. I'm you worried. should be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't take this the wrong way, but. Like, I, I, I'm just worried that there's going to be a sweep. I just don't want them to be a sweep or even five games. Like, I want it to be competitive. I'm thinking five. I hate to tell you that, but. I, I'm My official prediction is Tampa and six. Okay. But. I'm thinking Tampa and five. I'm very proud of the team, regardless of what happens. Oh, dude, you have to be. I, I said if, well, at first I said they shouldn't even play the Toronto series. Like, that was a waste of time. So <laughs> yeah. I was wrong on that. Yeah, and then I said, even if they beat Toronto when they look like they might, I said, this is a this is a huge win. And then I, we were like, yeah. And then they sweep. And then you're like, okay, well, we made it to Vegas. That's fine. And then six games at Vegas. And remember I even told you, I said the TSN guy said that None of them think Montreal's going to win, but they think it's going to go at least six games. And we're like, whoa. Yeah. It yeah, did yeah. go six, but it went six for Montreal. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love it. Uh, back to Vegas a little bit. Robin Leonard versus Marc-Andre Fleury. When I did the series preview, I think even before the playoffs started, I said, I don't want it to be a conversation about Leonard versus Fleury. Like that just, that's exactly what distracted them on all previous runs in the playoffs is what goaltender is going to play. And that's exactly what friggin' happened. I don't think they plan on keeping Flurry. From what he from wants our, to retire there, but I don't think they're going to keep. Like him. they went out to and get another goalie, and this is a goalie that can replace him. Like you don't go and get that type of goalie. No, as a backup. And they signed they signed him long term. Yes, they? well, not long term, but like yeah, decent. That's what I mean, and that's that's why I think the writing's on the wall for Flurry. Like I don't, he's obviously a fan favorite. They'll take flack if they get rid of him now, but I don't think a couple years from now you're going to be looking at Flurry still being there. Be my. Do you think he goes to Seattle? I don't know. And another expansion imagine? team. And then brings them to the cup finals. Like we had news on, we're, we're going to talk some little bit of news at the end of this podcast. And one thing that's not in our news, and I know this is kind of off topic, is so Seattle hired their coach. It's uh, yes, Dave Haxtell. Dave Haxtell. And they were asking um, Ray Ferraro what he thought. And he's like, you know, that's a, because this is a Toronto assistant that got promoted. Mm. And they were joking like, you know, this guy's been in Toronto for five years. We don't even know what he looks like or what he sounds like because he's not allowed to talk to anybody. And now he's the head coach of a team. So I guess we're going to get to finally meet him. But uh, they said, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. What's I going to say? I don't know. I'm going to talk about Dane, Dave Axel. Well, he's, he was in Philadelphia for a while. Yeah. No, I had something really cool I was going to say. We're going to have to come back to it. something will flurry? I'm feeling like the pressure of the camera on me. Oh, wow. You're feeling pressure. Mm, like I can't think straight. We were, ta- we were talking about flurry. There's a huge mental block right now. We're talking about flurry going to. I shouldn't have said that last team. part because I would have been fine. You're done. Why did I want to mention him? I was saying the TSN guy is about him moving. He pulled a needle. He started a sentence and never finished it. Mm, that's really disappointing. I was going to talk about news. Oh. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> wow. Epic. I had it. And I lost how it. do you have it and then lose it in wow. a second? That's how my brain works. People. That's why there's notes because <laughs> he can tell me something at eight o'clock in the morning. And I won't remember. That's true. All right. Can you talk about something? now? I really want to think about this. I can. I can talk I about something. I literally broke our segment. Like we have a bar at the top right now. It's. I talked about something that's not related to that bar, and now I can't remember what it is. Um, I can talk about something. Robin Leonard post game. As soon as they were eliminated, he went on Twitter and he said this: "Congrats to the Montreal Canadiens for a hell of a series. Best of luck in the finals. Tough loss tonight, but proud of how everyone worked this season. We are right there. We will come back better." Thanks to all the people who have supported us this year. And then he tagged Carey Price and said, good luck to you. That's the first thing he did after he was eliminated by the team is congratulate the other team publicly yeah. on Twitter. Apparently Fleury did that to Carey Price too, said go get it. Good. That is a class act. I, I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. <laughs> and it's so irrelevant that I'm mad now. <laughs> all, all I was going to say was they had uh, Ray Ferraro on. Okay. And they were asking him what he thinks about him going to take his first coaching job as being an expansion coach. And they said, well, why don't you ask Gerard Gallant? He did a great job at it and he got fired. <laughs> so they th- you think he thinks Dave Axel is going to get fired? I don't know. He's saying it's a tough gig being a new coach to a new series yeah, because like he yes. said, he's Gerard Gallant did great and he still got fired. That's true. And I'm glad that I took 10 minutes to say that <laughs> because that's so relevant now. <laughs> Ah, sometimes people, I just hate how this brain works in mine. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, back to on. the Vegas. I think, or are we done? I don't know. I just want to. I just wanted to appreciate Robin Leonard 
for doing that. And that's he's a big grizzly guy too, isn't he? He's a mean looking guy, but man, he's like he's got the biggest heart. Oh yeah, I just I just really appreciate him. And like doing before that. the game on game four, he's like I showed up to the rink four hours early so I could read Twitter yeah. for two hours and read all the people saying that it has no chance. Yeah. <laughs> Uses his motivation. I love it. Oh, the Lightning eliminate the Islanders. Uh, very strange game seven. There was one goal. Okay. I am. It was a shorthanded goal. May as well finish that. It was, a sh- it was a shorthanded goal. One nothing game with a shorthanded goal is the one game. Did you see it? Yes. And I was very disappointed overall with how the Islanders played that game, I thought. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm mad at that goal. Like, screw the rest of the game. What are you doing? <laughs> there's three guys on one guy. And you're yeah. Put, like, but I mean, there's what? other things too. Like, go to the last two minutes of the game. And they've got a six on five, and you know they're they're cycling down there. Tampa's defending well; they can't really get a shot. They're trying to get to the net, and they can't. Puck goes down the other end, and I don't know who it was. One of the Tampa guys goes down. It's one on four for twelve seconds. The guy is back in the corner, killing the yeah. clock. You got four people back there on the one guy, and you can't get the puck from him. Mm. Like, where's your drive? Like, this is your this is the end of the year. You win this game, you go to the final. Hypothetically, just okay. Hypothetically, the series went exactly like it did, except for Game Seven was in uh, the Coliseum. Ooh. Do you think this game plays out any differently? Do you think the crowd legitimately would ma- would have made the difference yes. in this Game Seven? And I don't know if it would have made a difference for a win, but it would not have been a one nothing shorthanded goal game. I completely agree. I think the Islanders would have won if it was if the game was in, Col- in the Coliseum. I think you're probably right. But I will say, I'm going to talk about Montreal again. I don't say a lot of positive things about Montreal, as many of you know. One great thing about Montreal is they're playing excellent on the road. They don't need the hometown crowd to win. It's good because they don't have very many. (laughs) Even John Cooper was saying, like, I hope they have more fans in the stands. I think he actually genuinely meant it, though. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. uh, I think Montreal is going to play well in Tampa. uh, But I think the Islanders would have struggled in playing in Montreal. Did you see some of the tickets that were for sale? I did not. Over $10,000. Where? In Montreal? I think so. I just don't understand how like you can super have super limited. Like, um, they were talking on Overdrive. I keep talking about Overdrive. I gotta stop talking about Overdrive. But they were one of the guys. The host was saying, "Yeah, I had two buddies at the game." And Noodles looks over and was like, "How did they get tickets to that game? Like, there's only thirty five hundred seats. Like, how do you have people from Toronto going to that game?" And That's potentially like, twenty. Grand. And he's just like, "Well, when you got money, you can basically do whatever you want." Jeez. And he also made a good point. Was we're talking about the wrong series here? I'm sorry. This is horrible for trying to <laughs> have a topic, but. How do you decide what season ticket holders get first rights when you only have that many tickets? Is there a draw? I would assume the people who pay the most money for the best seats. I wonder if that's first. how it goes. If you're sitting, if you get, if you got season how many tickets, season tickets in, do you think Montreal has like 12, 15,000? I have no idea. And if you're only allowed 3,500 per game, 2,500 game for at first, they would have, so already, they still haven't even gone through the whole list of season ticket holders yet. They also would have allocated. Can you imagine if you were one of the high paying season ticket holders and you got the first dibs? But now they're into the finals, and they still haven't gone through everybody yet. And now the the cheaper season ticket holders, if that's even a thing, now have first dibs on those playoff tickets. No one's. Called, I haven't seen anyone complain on social media. Yeah, uh, but they've already allocated the seats as to which ones you can sit in and which ones you can't. Yeah, probably without looking at what seats were. No, the it's it's probably it probably doesn't matter on your seat, but you have to give first dibs to the season ticket holders. And if there's 15,000 of them and you're allowing 2,500, 2,500, 3,500, 3,500, you still haven't gone through barely 60 some percent of the people. Well, I mean, I guess if you're, if or, you're in the or are bottom you just saying half, like, you know, this is a weird year, they have to do a draw. It has to be done by I don't draw, think you it? can. I don't think you can, because if you have a, if you're, if you're paying $3,000 for a season tickets in Montreal, oh, you, you're talking, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no way there's season on. tickets for three grand. Nosebleeds. Okay. The last row. But do Hypothetically, they, but do they even have nosebleeds in yes. season tickets? Yes. I figured all the season tickets were like no, no, in no. The bowl. They're all over the place. Okay. But hypothetically, and then you get you get drawn. We'll say there is a draw or you whatever. Like, and then you see, okay, I have an opportunity to buy uh to get to get, to get a ticket to this game. It's going to be eight thousand dollars for one ticket. Yeah, but that's not the team charging that. That's the people owning those tickets selling them for that so you're saying that if they get a season ticket it's not going to be that much it's going to be like a reasonable it's price? like hundreds of dollars oh well i would pay that and i'd sell it for eight grand <laughs> yes, that's why they're selling them <laughs> yeah like i love this team but i also love 10 grand i would sell immediately unless it was saying like a finals and there's an opportunity to win the cup if the cup was in the house which I, it could be which it could be i then i would keep it the ticket. they win in four or they win in six yes that's not a lot of opportunities no it's to only win two in games. Mon- montreal Oof. 
Yikes mode. All right, what were we talking about? The last two series, they won in four and six. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Do we finish talking about Tampa? Um, no, we didn't. Okay, so... We're talking about the goal, how the goal was weird. The goal was weird, um, but just... Okay, Tampa in general. Do you think the general hockey fan is going to count this win, hypothetically, if they win, as a regular win? Yes. Like, does this does this have an asterisk beside no. it? Because they're $18 million over cap. Doesn't matter. Do you know what's ironic about this? Do you know what the last team was, or one of the last teams, to be in a similar situation and be over the cap and win the cup? Do you know what team that was? Was it Tampa? The Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. In 2015. Yeah, people people said that they did it too. And they were like $5 million over the cap. Do you know what team in the NHL complained about it and tried to get the rules changed? Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> the well, NHL did nothing. So then they did it themselves. So then they did it themselves. Yeah. So you know what? Good on them. So no asterisk. Nope. Asterisk. No asterisk either way. Even though even if they beat my Montreal Canadiens, they won. And even if Montreal wins, no asterisks. We already talked about that. Heck yeah. Uh, two weird years though. Like Tampa winning hypothetically. We're, we're already assuming they're going to win. That's a bad thing to do. But just hypothetically, both their Stanley Cups were in COVID years. Yeah. Do you think they would have to win an, a third, maybe sometime in the next five years, in a regular season? For for people to be like, yeah, you know what, those first two were, were they they meant just as much as this new one, this third one. Yeah, do you think so? It's possible. I think there's going to be a lot of fans who feel like that. Unfortunately, I I wouldn't. Did you see Matt Barzell after the game? No. He, okay. I want heck yeah. I want to ask you something. <laughs> heck yeah. Do you like that they interview players of the losing team immediately after they lose, or do you think they should give them a day to get their thoughts together and not be like super angry and emotional and? No, because I think they dwell on it. Because they'd be like, oh my God, I have to do an interview tomorrow. Like, I just yeah. want to go home. I mean, that's true. You're if right. I was a player, I'd be like, just get it over with. I don't know what I'd be like. I probably would be like that. I wouldn't want to be there. But you're probably right. I'd probably want to get over it. But I mean, Matt Barzell's like, you know, I'm a young guy. I got time. Mm-hmm. But he was like, some of these other guys on my team, you know, this could have been their shot. And we. Yeah, you think about players like Paul Mary and mm-hmm. I don't know. Just it's frustrating that. Some guys you want to see win the cup. That uh, just aren't like I said, I just expected more out of the Islanders. That like that was the game. Yeah, and they just I don't know. Maybe they maybe they just barely had enough to get the game six, and they just didn't have it in the tank for seven. I don't know. Could be. Do you think anything needs to change the Islanders? Like what? What do they need to do? No, I I don't. You think it's just they ran into Tampa? Sure. That's frustrating because that's like almost it's out of your control in a way. Yep. But you know, I mean, look at Colorado. They're out because they ran into Vegas. It's true. Which is. Crazy. Like, it's that's, it's that's ridiculous. Weird. Do you think if they had to have John Tavares on their team still, that they would have won? No. No, me either. They've been <laughs> fine without him. They've actually been doing really well without him. I saw someone on Twitter say that if he was still on the team, that they would have won, but mm, that's just not yeah. that's just not the case. No. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals schedule. Game one is tomorrow night, June 28th, Woo-hoo. on a Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Game two, June 30th, that's a Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Game three is July 2nd. That's a Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Game four is July 5th on a Monday. So there's no game Saturday, no game Sunday. July 5th, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. If there's a game five, it's going to be Wednesday, July 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. If there's a game six, it's going to be July 9th, Friday at 8 8 p.m. Eastern. And then game seven, if that happens, it's going to be Sunday, July 11th at 7 p.m. Why are they not having a Saturday game? Okay, number one, why aren't they having a Saturday game? Number two, why are the games at 8 Eastern instead of 7 Eastern? Aren't, aren't, don't usual Eastern games start at <laughs> Because they want everybody to watch. Atlantic? They want everybody in on it. But I want to know what's on the schedule for Saturday. Like, what's, 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 is the NBA doing something? Is like, is there a golf thing on? Is there any car racing? Like, how do you, how do you not have a Saturday night hockey game for the Stanley Cup final? I, I agree. There's not going to be a Saturday. There's, there's no Saturday. There's Sunday. There's a Sunday game seven. No more Impossible. Hockey Night Canada's. Well, there is, but not Saturday Night Hockey Night Canada's. You've got a Canadian team in the finals, and you're not going to have ha- hockey on a Saturday? And why are we going Friday to Monday? Why is there a two-day gap in between? I'm not sure. It's a... Because Friday... Like, that's not a transfer date. Between two and three, I could see it. Because, sure, you're 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 switching venues. You're going to Canada. Why, yeah. why do we have a two-day in-between with no games? So Tampa's in Montreal all weekend. Yeah. So Montreal gets to sleep in their own beds for an extra couple of days. Like, I Heck don't yeah. That. I support that. Do you know what I read? This is super off topic again. I, I shouldn't even say this. You're going to forget it halfway Did you through. know Boston Bruins had to switch their hotel multiple times against 
the Islanders because the fire alarm in the hotel kept going off. Are you serious? Went off six times. So they switched hotels. Uh, they, oof, That's yeesh. one of the things people do. Like, hey, I know. Yeah, they're, they're, yikes mode. I read that uh, last week. Ugh. It's just odd and end, but I don't know why. What made me, I guess just talking about them staying in Montreal made me think of that. Guess but. who I saw in a hotel in Boston in early 2020 before COVID. I probably already told you, but you definitely forgot. I don't know. Mark Messier. I don't remember that. I'm 98% sure it was Mark Messier. Yeah. I definitely did, did not. Did you hear he got hired by ESPN to be an analyst? No, I did not. He, so I think Turner picked up Gretzky. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. ESPN picks up Messier. Wow. Very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the two sides kind of go to war with it over each other over personnel. Do you have any interest in watching Gretzky as an analyst? I think he's pretty boring every time he talks. To I me. agree. I, I don't. He's like very like, he doesn't get excited when he talks. He's just like. Well, you know, and he just bought like a, he went with a bunch of people and bought a lacrosse team, I think, too. Did you hear about that? No. Him and a bunch of other people. I, I'm thinking the things that he say are, are it's logical and it makes sense and it's probably I has mean, a lot of good takes, but I just. I'm not going to say Gressy doesn't know hockey. Yeah, obviously he, he knows hockey. Obviously, you just, you just want a little bit of personality. You want to yes, you, you want, want personality and you want energy. Yeah, you want like a BX, someone who could like joke around and be funny. And so I will tell you something cool that Elliot Friedman did say. I was listening to the, their podcast there earlier in the week. Okay. And. David Amber apparently one night on hockey. Remember when uh, what's his name? His eyes got all red because he burst his blood vessels in his eyes. Petrie, yeah, Petrie. So David Amber was saying that happened to me one time, and Elliot wanted to talk to him about it, but they didn't have time on the TV. So he said, "Why don't you come on the podcast and tell us how it happened?" He said, "Well, it happened when I was arm wrestling. I was arm wrestling the guy so much that I burst all the Whoa. blood vessels in my eye." So <laughs> Elliot just was like loving it. <laughs> he said, "All right." He said, we're doing 32 thoughts, the podcast next year, because there's going to be 32 teams. Right. And, he goes, and we're having Kevin Biexa and David Amber in an arm wrestling oh, contest. God. And the winner gets money donated to charity. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Dude, David Amber is jacked. He's going to destroy He's Kevin Biexa. Absolutely. <laughs> no offense to Kevin yeah. Biexa. David Amber's a machine. Absolutely. Wow. If we're, if we're making wagers, 100 bucks on David Amber. Yeah, definitely. So anyway. Uh, so Montreal Canadiens news, I guess, leading into the... Uh, finals Dominic Ducharme is expected to return for game three. Can you imagine taking your team to the final? And you can't even be there for the first two games. And you're the replacement coach. <laughs> so the third string coach is now coaching the Montreal Canadiens. Although, did you see that when he won the game, he kissed his little lapel because I think it was his daughter that died or had um, sick or something like that. Sure. I read something about that, yeah. I guess, real quick. But it's kind of cool. Um, did you hear about Joel Armia? Joel Armia. He has been put on the COVID-19 protocol and will not fly with the team to Tampa Bay for game one. More information to be released on Monday. Uh, that's all we know for now. But Armia did have COVID in March. so Interesting. How do you get it now? Like, what I'm you... assuming he's been vaccinated since he had COVID, but then he gets it again? I don't know. I got a I... Qu- question about the vaccine. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. I, I... am an epidemiologist. <laughs> <laughs> you said that word perfectly, too. <laughs> that's why you know I am one. <laughs> Uh, the first dose was like 93% something. Does that mean that you have a 93% chance to... N- no. It, even if you come in contact, you're not going to get it? Or you have 93% less percentage of that's, symptoms? The, the percentage is based on a full dose, not one. No. You got one dose is up to like 93, and then the second dose is up to like... Heck no. 96 or something No, like they only do the whole thing. No. Yeah. No, man. I was reading the Moderna thing. They said the first dose gets you this percentage, and the second dose... I didn't dose know that. I thought, it was the, I thought it was the whole thing. No. Interesting. No, yeah, that, you can definitely still get it though. You can get it, but I don't know if that ninety-three percent means like, okay, you've got a, you've got a seven percent chance to get it and still experience like full, full-on one hundred percent COVID, or the ninety-three percent just removes like ninety-three percent of the symptoms and you just get like that little seven percent symptoms. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, I'm not an epidemiologist. Oh, you said that right that time. Heck yeah, good job. Uh, Corey Perry is going into the conference finals for the second year in a row. Second year in a row, it's Tampa against it's Corey Tampa Perry's team again. Do you think his knowledge from that first year is going to help the Montreal Canadiens this year? How can it? I What? I said, how can't it? Oh, okay. I said, how can it? <laughs> no, how like, can't oh, it? How yes. cannot it be done? I think that is very valuable for the Montreal Canadiens. Not only for the sense that he's been there before, but generally he's a veteran, he's a leader. So he's going to have a lot of valuable advice for the team about how to play against Tampa and why Dallas failed. And yeah, It's literally the same team he played last year. Literally the exact same team like that. They've barely changed yep. lineup, so yeah, pretty cool. Uh, this is the first time that Carey Price and Shea Weber have been in the Stanley Cup Finals, which is really cool. Uh, I have it written down here. Who's Jason rooting for? But I guess he already. Carey Price. You're rooting for Carey Price. Yeah. All right. I like it. He deserves it. 
Now, I did say in round two that if Montreal Canadiens won the cup, that I would take off my hat and show my hair for the first time in over 2,000 videos on YouTube. Okay, I have to ask you another question before we come back to this. Okay. Do you think Carey Price is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Almost everyone that I've read that's a professional says he is not. Because, because he, he has not done anything. Until now. He still hasn't done anything, technically. What do you mean he hasn't done anything? But I mean, this guy won a gold medal. He won a Vesna. He won a gold medal. Like That's what I mean. The Hockey Hall of Fame is the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. Hypothetically, okay, again, super hypothetically, if Montreal wins the Stanley Cup, he's going to have a cup, and he's almost certainly going to get the Conn Smythe. I don't know how he can't. He, he has to get the Conn Smythe. Who else is going to give it to? Corey Perry? Imagine if they give it to that kid. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> I guess it depends on how the last series goes, <laughs> yeah. but... And Carey Price. I mean, come on. So, hmm. if he if Montreal wins the Cup, there is no way that he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no way. There's no way. So, if you if the Montreal wins the Cup, where are you going to take your hair off? I'm not taking my hair off. <laughs> your, hat, your, hat, your hat on. <laughs> just a, just a, in the series recap video, probably. Okay. I want to be there for that. Oh, you do? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm just going to show it real quick. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. I said I'd show it, not wear it the whole video. Uh, okay, well, where else are we? Have you had a haircut, or is it still like beast long like it was? You've had a haircut since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it was short. like, I need to get a cut again, but it's not that long. Man, I just had one. People were asking me if I was growing a mullet in the comments. Did you see that? Whoa, They're really? Like, is Jason growing a mullet? I'm like, I need a haircut. <laughs> wow, you got a haircut specifically from the comments? Yep. That's amazing. Well, That's awesome. I have a guy who cuts my hair. I've been cutting my own hair since March of last year. And Monday, not this Monday, but the next Monday, I'm going to get a haircut for the first time from a professional. Yeah. Heck yeah. This is interesting. Now, I've gone to the same guy I've gone to for my entire life. No one has ever cut my hair other than my mother when I was super young. Wow. Than this one guy. And he's like, where you been? I'm like, I'm sorry. I calculated the money that I've spent or I've saved not going to the hairdresser for really? the last year and a half. Do you know how much it is? 50 bucks. Oh, come on. How often do you get your haircut? Like once every two and a half months. Oh, wow. You go way more often than I do. I push it to like four. That's um, why I look so shaggy. How much do you spend on a haircut? It's like between 20 and 25. I usually give 25. Okay. <laughs> do so, math. I mean. It's like over 250 bucks. How's it 250 bucks? See, I only go four times a year. Well, well, I go oh. like at least six times a year. Oh, see. I, and it's been a year in what? Eight months? Something so like you that? you just need to slow down that hair growth. <laughs> And go four times a year, and then you're looking at a hundred bucks a year. I, I guess, but I can't do that. I gotta look fresh. I'm working from home now, coming up. So who yeah, needs a haircut? That's right. Do you have to do like Zoom calls or meetings? Or yeah, anything? I do. So I'll yeah. still haircut. <laughs> Are you gonna do the business on the top and pajamas on the bottom? I released a video last week, I think, where I unboxed a video, and at the very end of the video, I said, uh, "I just wanted you guys to know this is really important, and I just don't want to get it out there. I'm not wearing pants in this video." <laughs> awesome. It's very hot in this room. And I legitimately was not wearing pants in that video. That's awesome. In fact, I rarely wear pants in any video. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I will not be wearing pants while I work. I'd hate wearing pants. And that doesn't mean I'm nude. It just means I might be wearing shorts, just for the record. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> but probably not. Uh, okay. I'm done with this page. Oh, no, I'm not done with this page. I'm running a poll on Twitter. I'm not sure if you saw it or not. I did but not. as of this morning... Um, well, the poll itself, sorry, is who is who are you cheering for in the Stanley Cup Finals, Montreal or Tampa Bay? 77.9% of people, as of this morning, are cheering for Montreal. How can you not and cheer for Montreal? 22.1% are cheering for Tampa. So that makes me happy. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Boston fans that aren't happy with either one of these results because A, well, tough, Boston right? does not cheer for Montreal, yeah. and B, Tampa won last year, so you don't want to see a repeat winner. So, like J-Mark, I guess stop giving J-Mark shoutouts. He's getting J a lot of J-Mark, this is the last one you're getting, buddy. <laughs> He's just like, you know, I'm not interested in this. This doesn't do anything for me. Understandable. Totally I understandable. I don't blame him. If I'm only doing it because Carey Price. Yeah. And maybe a tiny, maybe maybe 5% because Canada's team and Canada hasn't had a team win in a while. I don't, I hate that. I'm 5% there. I don't agree with Canada's team. You know what Canada's team is? Team Canada. Team Canada is Olympics. Canada's team. And they're uh, damn good, too. Most American teams have more Canadian players than American players. Freaking right, they do. So. How many Canadians are on the Canadians? Four. <laughs> Carey Price is there, though. Montreal Canadiens is Team Finland. They are. <laughs> they got a lot of Finns. <laughs> Lekkonen, Armia. Yep. Who else? They got some great names. That's it? Cool. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. Uh, did you hear about Martinez? No. He's he played the entire playoffs with a broken foot. Now, how do you play with a broken foot? Okay, that's where I'm going with this. Okay. Um, well, let me read this first. Okay. So obviously it wasn't a serious break, but still kudos for you know playing injured like that. Uh, he said he stayed off it as much as he could, and he rested as much as possible. And the medical staff helped him with the swelling and whatnot. So yes, technically he was playing with a broken foot, but clearly it wasn't a serious break. It would have been a significant break. Insignificant. I'm not sure if I said significant. I meant to say insignificant. It would have been an insignificant break. So technically he was still playing with a broken foot. But when you say, oh man, this player played the entire place with a broken foot, it sounds a lot better than it might actually be. Now, as someone who has broken their ankle severely, I know that swelling just even after post-recovery is mm-hmm. can be a huge pain in the ass and can be very painful itself. So no doubt he was playing with a massive amount of pain, but it's not like he was foot was hanging off his leg or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, like it, Still, was, it was a minor break. Very impressive. Yeah. Super impressive. So shout out to Martinez. Like, yeah. I mean, I got my second needle and I was out for the count. <laughs> and that wasn't even a break. It wasn't even a bruise. I never considered that, you know, because my arm hurt off the first dose. I haven't got my second one yet. But players obviously have would have gotten vaccines. No, and players had sore are, players arms. That, they're just way tougher than me. There's no doubt. No, about but it. yeah, but still. But they, they, you have to think about the range of oh, motion that dude, they used shots. My motion was gone. Like, it was gone. I couldn't do this. Like, I can barely do this now. This is my bad shoulder to begin with. And I never... I didn't know she was putting it in my shoulder when I did it. I thought it was going into the arm. My wife's mm-hmm. like, well, they put it in your shoulder last time. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm man. like, I'm like here holding my arm like the whole time. Lady's like talking to me. And then she's like, okay, lift your thing up. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, well. There you go. Uh, now this next part is, I'll let you this is, do this. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit, a very little bit about the Chicago Blackhawks stuff that's going on. And... I'm going to tell you right off the bat that I'm not going to do this justice because I haven't had time to actually go through everything and put it in my notes. But I will, I do know enough to give props to the people who are doing it justice and who are There's a lot on the of, forefront of trying to figure out what's going on. It's really messy right now. There's a lot of it's quotes from messy. a lot of different people. Like this so. is, this is something that's beyond hockey. Like this is, this should have gone to the police and there could have been criminal charges. And I will give a huge shout out, which I shouldn't do, but I'm going to give a shout out to the Steve Dangle podcast. Why if, wouldn't you Steve Dang was awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. But it's like, go go, go play this other podcast. Yeah, and like, true. oh, these guys are actually good. And then you don't come back to us. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's why you don't do that. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing if you stay here with us fools. Exactly. Um, but anyway, if you go to their last podcast or maybe their second last podcast, or I don't know what episode it was. Um, if you go to like the 35 minute mark in their podcast, they talk about it and it's insane. And like, this is when no one was talking about it. Like, I I read about it a little bit. Last week on Tuesday when we were doing the podcast, I didn't put any notes in because I was like, I don't really understand what's going on here because mm-hmm. this sounds like a big story, but you go to all the sports websites and nobody's talking about it. What do you think? That's a bit of a rhetorical question. I want to get into that too. But So anyway, I'm going to give props right off the bat. So Rick Westhead of TSN is numero uno. He's the guy that's spearheading this. He's okay. the guy that's... Good. He's he, You go on his Twitter, you'll be able to follow everything you want. Also, Katie Strang... Mark Lazarus, Scott Powers at The Athletic, they've also been doing awesome stuff. Like, Katie Strang was the one who actually asked Mark Bergman today, Yes, what was your role in this? And we'll get to that in a minute. I moved it down in the notes because I wanted to talk about it. Yep. So, basically, it's an investigation that's ongoing, so we can't say this is what happened. We can just say that this is what's being accused, and this is... They're, these are the allegations. Yeah, and we're not even going to get into it that much, because, like I said, I don't know enough about it. And if you care about this stuff, you should actually go look into it, because it's pretty nasty. Like, and we did talk about it in a previous podcast as well. Oh, there was a, I might let you take over here in a minute. Um, there is a, there is a Twitter quote that I wanted to put in here and I didn't, and I can't remember who it was from someone from the athletic and it was really good. Maybe I won't go find it. I, I, I was looking for one too, because they were comparing the situation about the NHL kind of not being involved in what's going on here. And they put a statement out or whatever. But they compared it to how do you have what happened in, in Arizona? Yes. And that's that thing where, you know, they got caught for testing them illegally and whatnot. And, they, and then they got stripped of their first round pick and for two years or whatever it was. And they they spent so much time and, and energy into investigating that. But then there's been basically radio silence on this, which is a way bigger problem. This goes beyond hockey. It is not just about what happens within the NHL. This is what, what happens with someone's life, 
and then it follows like you have to think about the next person as well because this pos went to a high school and did it to someone else so if the nhl had stepped in back then like it's just i don't know i i understand the nhl's position to try to be quiet during this situation because or this period i guess i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but i understand but they have to understand that their silence says so much like they almost have to come up with a statement saying that they're taking this extremely seriously and they're gonna and they're they are investigating it which i guess technically they kind of already have but it just feels empty i feel empty from the nhl so the i think there's three people that are accusing an an assistant coach of you know sexual assault yes so and i might be miss miss misspeaking here but apparently this coach did sexually assault a minor later at a high school, in high school yeah, yeah, which may not have happened if the Chicago would have done something about it at the time. Exactly. So they're almost liable for what happened after because they didn't do their due diligence. Yeah, it's it's a, there's legal ramifications, and that's and that's now. why the request has just like I'm extremely disappointed in the media not picking this up. A Sportsnet, TSN, ESPN, them, but also like regular media, like like hmm. CNN, Fox, CBC, CTV. Like, why Did, is no one talking about this story back then or now? Now. Oh yeah. I haven't seen anything on CBC. There's been nothing on it anywhere. It, And the, the main reason I wanted to talk about it this weekend was because up until like two days ago, nobody was talking about it still. Like mm. the Steve Dangle podcast is the first time I really heard the details of it. And it was on that podcast where they mentioned this this um, uh, tweet by Rick Westhead where um, the, these, these guys have done like a formal legal, what don't we call it? Like submission. It, like they've, like they've hired a lawyer to go in and anyway, so they have made these requests where everyone involved has to turn over their text messages, their emails, everything. They are going to go through every single person on that yeah. staff's lives to find out what's going on. And he said they're going to go into the records of the team to find out what was said, what was done, what was filed up because they went to an assistant coach. He took it to management and apparently it died there. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out what happened. So now they're, t- they're taking their lawyers saying, okay, well, we want to come into the organization to see your records. And they said it's damning no matter what they do. Because if they see that the the records are there and they did nothing, then you did nothing. If they go in and there's no records, that means they were brought serious sexual abuse allegations and they didn't record it and did nothing with it, which is even worse. Uh, Either way, it looks bad for the Chicago Blackhawks. And it looks bad for the NHL. Uh, Do you think the NHL knew about it during the time? Or do you think that the Chicago Blackhawks just didn't tell them? It was funny because there was a... A quote, someone quoted Gary Bettman. Someone asked Gary Bettman about concussions or something like that just recently. And he said, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that because I don't want to bring up another news story. But in two days or tomorrow or sometime, Gary Bettman's going to be on the media doing his speech. He's going to get asked this stuff. I wonder if they've. And I mean, Gary Bettman's just going to say this is under investigation. We can't speak about it. Yeah, I guess. I just, I don't know. I just think that they should be a little bit more verbal about it and they're just playing a bit silent and I don't know. They, I don't, I think people aren't, aren't talking about it because number one, they don't want to get it wrong or give any misinformation. And number two, it's so, it's such a sensitive topic that they could face backlash against it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really messy and it's really unfortunate, but it's got to be messy. Like, all right, I found the tweet I was talking about. So, I, uh, can I read this real quick? Yeah. So, this is Scott Wheeler, who is a reporter, and this is going to lead into the, my next point. So, I'm going somewhere with this. He works for the Athletic, and this is what he put out on a tweet. Is this today, the 26th today? Uh, yesterday. Today's 27th. Okay, so yesterday. He said, I just wanted to say that I see you all demanding more coverage of the Blackhawk story, and you're doing the right thing by asking better of us as media people. Mm-hmm. Keeping your job. Or its prospects open or your sources or your friends in journalism should not matter more than doing your job. So he's saying that some people. We're going to go there. I'm going to keep reading his tweets. Part of holding people in positions of power in the sport we report on accountable includes holding each other accountable in coverage of them and its most important topics. And the Stanley Cup final right now or is not the most important topic in the sport right now. When we fall short, not only do we lose credibility, which shouldn't be a motivating factor either, but real people get hurt. We have a moral obligation to play a role in pulling back the curtain so that progress can be made and wrongs can be righted in a small way. Hmm. Now my next point. 
I have a lot of time and respect for Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick, Chris Johnson, people of that nature. And not one of them up until today or yesterday said a damn thing about this. And Elliot Friedman specifically only retweeted someone else who was reporting on it. Mm -hmm. And like I said to Neil before we started this, who was with the team in 2010? Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin was there. He was asked about it. We'll get to that. Uh, Joel, Stan, Quinville, Joel Quinville Joel was the Quinville. coach. Stan Bowman. Stan Bowman was the GM. Um, um, what's his name Shovel out Dayoff. in? Shovel Dayoff was the minor league coach or, or something like that for the... Yeah, I don't remember. The Chicago, the Marlins or something? Chicago somethings. Anyway, there's four people that were with that organization that are in prominent positions right now. I... I it is odd. It is definitely odd that no one's talking about it, but I think that they're they don't have any like I'm sure Elliot Friedman has heard from other people what's going on, but maybe he has he maybe he isn't the direct source of information. He has a lot of contacts, obviously. I got another question for you before you go there. Do you think because Sportsnet is the rights holder of the NHL, they're putting a muzzle on all the reporters saying, Watch what you say about this? I don't think Elliot Friedman would would play ball with that. But do you think he'd play ball with all his sources that give him information? I think he respects his sources, but he could still release the information. He has done in the past without saying who that's now, where it came from. He has, I think as of yesterday, the 31 Thoughts podcast has an episode talking about this. And I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, so maybe he I just, explains everything there. But up until yesterday, we haven't heard anything from any of these guys. And it's just like, why is why is Rick Westhead? Mm. See, I forget already. <laughs> Yeah, that's his name, right? Mm -hmm. Why is he the only one that's looking into this? I don't think, I don't, I just suspect, I'm going to assume the best in Elliot and think that he doesn't have a direct source on this and any information that he knows is secondhand from other, his his journalistic friends. Because I think, I believe in Elliot that if he knew, then the information would be out there. <sighs> he, but he Based knows, on his he resume. knows more than anyone though. He's the number one guy now that Bob's out of the business. But I, if, if he's not getting the information direct from a source, I don't think he's coming out with it. Because he's not the type of person to throw out something that's not true. Mm. Even if it is secondhand information, he wants to hear it from the source. And he's not releasing it otherwise. So mm -hmm. I just think that he's not the first man in on this. And so he's kind of setting back. I hope that's the case. I'm just, I'm, I need to assume the, the best. I hope it's not. And Elliot. This is the bros club and don't want to upset the bros club. So we're just going to not talk about this. Because, yeah. I mean, when you talk about Elliot, he talks about how important like family is. And there's bigger stuff to life. And so this would, I don't know, this would now, be pretty damning on his character if he was specifically not talking about it because he was trying to protect his friends. I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. And at the other side of the coin is too, he could be, he could be building a case of information and waiting on new information and being which like, he might've done in his podcast episode. They, like I said, they released a podcast episode exactly. titled something about Chicago black. So they're clearly talking to They've already talked about it as of now. I just haven't listened to it. So yet. I guess it's very unfair that we be, are speculating. Yes. On, yes. <laughs> yeah. This was me going into this weekend. Like, why is this happening? And now, yeah, like I said, not doing the justice this topic deserves, but if you haven't heard about it, you should look into it because it's interesting. And we will listen to that podcast. Yes. And see what he says. And I think that's pretty... Oh, so Mark Burke Bergevin um, was asked today because they're doing their media pressers going into the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And Katie Strang said, you know, what was your role? And he said, I was not part of any meeting and I was not part of any decision and I was not aware of what was going on at the time. You can go on the record with that. So I, I have to believe him. I'm not a big Mark Bergevin fan, but if he's saying that at this point in the investigation, which it, has barely begun. It would be incredibly stupid of him to be lying right now. Incredibly. And it would be very easy to prove him wrong yes. if he was lying. If he was lying, it will come out. So I, based on that, I have to believe that Mark Bergevin is actually telling the truth here. Which again comes it's, back to it sounds like this went... To a certain level. Yes. And then died. I think that... Uh, and we're going to find out. I think he's, he's a smart man. But here... Do you think there's going to be a settlement? Do you think this is going to end with a settlement? Oh, big time. Like, we're not going to find out what happened, but yep, we've agreed. And they're only suing for $150,000, which is nothing to these guys. So they're not doing it for money. They're doing it for justice. Do you know what's weird about this entire thing is that hockey is one of the most physical and brutal sports. You can literally punch someone in the face and just sit in a box for five minutes. Like... <laughs> And then you have this, which happens behind closed doors. How did none of the players on the team, which apparently everyone knew on the team, yeah. how did none of the players walk out and punch that dude in the face and say, if you ever do this again to one of the players on this team, I will kill you. Like, I, 
But I mean, it happens I, all the time. Like, look at uh, what's like what's his I name? I just can't believe it though. What's the name of the guy that we played out for Vancouver there? That talked about his how he was sexually abused by that guy. I don't remember. Uh, he was like a superstar player out there back in like the nineties. Trevor Linden, Flurry, or uh, Pavel Burry? Theo, Theo Flurry. Oh, Theo Flurry. Theo Flurry in Calgary. Yeah, Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Did everyone know about it though? I don't know. I didn't read his book. Sorry, Theo. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> I didn't read either. the book, but I just I, I find it so hard to believe that someone just didn't go destroy him. Yeah, but it, it happens all the time, or it did happen all the time. That's crazy. I don't know. That's some bull crap. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No, he needs a good, he needs a tune. That's what I'm saying. He needs to get tuned up. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> don't need to take him out to slaughter, but yeah, he needs a good. Uh, he needs some bruises. Teach him a lesson. I hope they. I hope they get to the end bottom of this. Yep. Agreed. It doesn't look good for Chicago. No, it doesn't look good for Chicago. If the Stanley Cup Finals were not going on right now, or the playoffs in general, and the story came out in the summer. I think it would be much, much bigger news. Apparently, this is the like, the story came out like a couple weeks ago, and apparently, that's the anniversary of when it happened in 2010. Like it happened around the same time uh, in the okay. playoffs. Gotcha. Interesting. Hmm. And they won that year. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Unless you have anything else to say, I don't. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. I appreciate you. Leave your comments down below. Let us know how you feel about the. Stanley Cup Finals matchup, the Montreal Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who's going to win and how many games? If you're listening on iTunes, uh, leave us a review. Hope you're having a great weekend and enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals. Adios.